Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots. It's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. I'd like to welcome you to the show, coming over from Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, or if you're just finding us on the internet, on any of the radio or podcast players that so many people use to listen to their shows. Thank you for joining us on the broadcast this evening. I think that you will be horrified, but also well-informed after tonight's broadcast ends with the subject matter that we have to discuss. Before we get to that, though, if you would like to download and stream all of our shows, if you don't know where to find them, most of you do, just search The Secret Teachings on any of those radio or podcast players. And of course, you can just go to our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. You can find my books there. You can find our free archive. If you're already a subscriber, you can resubscribe or go to aftermath.media. And if you go to aftermath.media, you can subscribe not only to our show, but you can subscribe to the premium membership for $10 a month. You get my show, Clyde's show, and a lot more. That's aftermath.media. Now, the name of tonight's show might throw some people off if they see the show title they see the show promo, and then they come and listen to the show, you might think that I'm, I used the wrong promo, that it, it, there's no relationship between the title of the show and what we're going to be discussing tonight. But I promise you that there is. And if you stay tuned for the entirety of the broadcast, you'll find that we will weave together a lot of different stories and a lot of different ideas into this horrifying and informative tapestry that we will construct this evening on the show. And it starts with the name of the show. The name of the show is Gadimai. Gadimai. Gadimai is a Hindu goddess. And honestly, until about a year ago, I had never heard of this goddess. Recently, I went and looked the article up that I had read last year. It's actually an article from 2014 about a festival in Nepal where about 80% of the population in Nepal, they're Hindu where they would sacrifice all of these animals. They would sacrifice goats. They would sacrifice roosters. They would sacrifice cows. They would sacrifice, or buffaloes more specifically, but cows as well. They would sacrifice all these animals, and not just a few animals. We're talking tens of thousands of animals to the goddess. She's actually a goddess of power, but to the goddess Gadhimai. And there is a modern story for why that is, uh, about a uh, a young uh, child finding a job, and because one of these prominent political figures, he was he wanted to honor the goddess for getting his child a job. It's a strange story. He had these uh, animals sacrificed uh, back in 2014, and this is considered the largest, the biggest ritual slaughter anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. You might have heard about those 18,000 cows that died mistakenly or accidentally in that big blaze. 18 plus thousand cows just a few weeks ago. I think that was April 12th that was reported. And we are going to discuss that tonight. That has nothing on the number of animals that are ritually slaughtered in the Godhemai Festival. The Godhemai Festival features tens of thousands of buffalo calves a hundred, this is not a typo, 150,000 goats, 
and thousands of other animals, largely birds, uh, roosters, and things like that. Uh, some years, there are far more buffalo slaughtered. Uh, in 2009, they slaughtered 20,000 buffalo calves and 200,000 goats. They slaughtered a quarter of a million animals in Nepal for this festival back in 2009, uh, 2014, a little bit less. But this is a festival that happens uh, every five years. So 2014, it happened in 2019. It'll happen again next year in 2024. Now, they're sacrificing these animals, again, because of this modern story of a child finding a job and uh, this individual who is the father of the child is is happy and wants to sacrifice these animals to the goddess. Um, I am open to all sorts of cultural interpretations and uh, different perspectives on the world. I'm open to all of that. Uh, I'm learning another language. Uh, I'm invested in other cultures all the time because of my mythological studies and my historical studies, things I use to prepare for this show. But this particular festival does not strike me as very, even very religious. Uh, and I'll tell you why that is in a second. It strikes me as barbaric. And it strikes me as sort of bizarre. Uh, in a, it, It's kind of like um, this is a way to, it's almost like a purge to, to get the people's anger and frustration out. Because when you look at some of the pictures and some of the, there are some videos of this, it's, it's really horrific. I mean, it looks like something from a horror movie. There are people just out in a massive field with all these buffalo, all these uh, cows, goats, chickens, birds, fowl, there's all kinds of things that they slaughter. And they, I mean, they are just, they sharpen it, they're sharpening their blades and they are just hacking away at these animals. I mean, like totally, I mean, I mean there's, if you sacrificed an animal, to uh to a god okay or if you practice santeria i mean even in santeria they might use the blood and they might cut the neck of the chicken and you know dump the blood out and then do something with the body i mean we're talking like one or two birds or maybe three four birds or something depending on how big the ritual is we're talking in the case of this festival in nepal god him i they're literally killing it depending on the year close to a quarter of a million animals at once and they are not ritually killing them in the traditional way that you would think that you would say a prayer for the soul slit the throat um you know maybe it's a it's a, it's a cow that you know your family's going to eat and you have one or you have maybe you have two or three cows a year that feeds your your whole family your extended family you know like people kill a deer and they share the deer meat and it, it lasts a long time you freeze it you know you you took care of that animal and now you're going to slaughter it and you say prayers and you wish uh, the soul well and then you slit the throat and you kill it and then you take what you what you need from it and dispose of the rest there's different ways to to do that and maybe that you know that maybe that just makes us feel better for killing the animal but at least there's positive intention there when you see these these pictures there's I don't think there's much positive intention here these are just barbarians that have uh, everything from like swords to, to axes that are just hacking away at live animals. I mean, this is this is borderline satanic. Um, Hinduism is not, but this is borderline satanic. Uh, now, the reason that I I mean, I said I'll tell you this quick story about why I don't think this has to do with really with, with religion or even honestly with the goddess, the god Himai goddess that they say this um, 
this ritual is based uh, off of or that's it's performed for is because there's a legend in Hinduism. God Himai is the goddess of power. And God Himai came to a prisoner in a dream, says legend, Hindu legend, and asked this prisoner to build a temple for her. And so when the prisoner wakes up from the dream, he finds that he's no longer in, in prison. He's been freed. And so he goes to construct a temple for the goddess, just like she asked. And then as he completes the construction of the temple, he takes an animal and sacrifices the animal uh, as, I guess, an, an honorific type of a thing for God Himai. The problem is, God Himai in the story never asked this individual to sacrifice the animal. She, just, she basically just freed the guy and said, I would like you to build a temple for me. She never told him to slay an animal or to kill, to sacrifice, to slaughter an animal. This is something, of course, you find all throughout the Bible as well. So for Christians that think this is just pure evil, you might want to check your own book first, and you might want to check all the other books for anybody who has an issue with this, and you think, oh, that's, oh those other religions are messed up. Well, check your own book first. And it is, it is kind of messed up because this, it's very barbaric the way that they do it. Um, I'm not going to completely take a stance against it because I don't live there. I don't fully understand the cultural customs. Maybe they're supposed to be angry while they're doing it. I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to be a, a raw display of power because God Himai is the goddess of power. But the weird thing is in the legend, she never asks for the sacrifice of an animal, which is what makes me think this is barbarism and this has nothing to do with spirituality or religion or anything like that. This is just totally and absolutely barbaric. And again, hundreds of thousands of uh, of cattle, of buffalo, of goats, of, of roosters, of you name it, uh, they are slaughtering it uh, at these festivals. The next one will be in 2024. Now, when it comes to sacrificing or killing animals, you know, every culture has has their own view, right? Like the, you know, the cow is sacred to some religions. The cat is sacred to some religions. The dog is sacred to some religions and to some cultures. You know, in, in Asian countries, they tend to eat dog. Uh, they, t they might even eat cat, probably not so much cat, but they tend to eat dog. But in America, you know, the dog is man's best friend. So we think that's barbaric. Uh, other cultures think it's barbaric that we eat cows. So there are these cultural differences and nobody's really right and nobody's really wrong. Uh, everybody has their own interpretation. Every culture has their own interpretation. And that's that's understandable. It's understandable. And um, I, I get it. I understand it. Uh, at the very least, even if you don't get it and you think your viewpoint is more correct and your God is better and your religion is better, fine. That's what you believe. That's fine. I, I'm trying to be open to all these different possibilities. I mean, I don't even eat animals anyway, so I, I don't eat cow and I don't eat dog. So, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter to me one way or the other. I have no dog <laughs> in, this, in, this, in this fight. But the, the weird thing about animals is, and in terms of sacrifice or slaughter, you know, they're there is a super fine line between killing uh, animals for this festival, God Himai festival in Nepal, which looks to be extremely barbaric. And the goddess never asked for animal sacrifices, according to one of the original legends. So humans created, I mean, the humans created the goddess too, but humans created this practice of sacrificing the animals for God Himai. 
She never asked for it. She just asked for a temple to be built to her. That's all she wanted. She didn't want the animals to be killed. So humans created that or used their own creation in the goddess to justify that barbaric practice. But there's a fine line. It's pretty fine between that and the slaughtering of animals for industrial agriculture. And that fine line is is fine to the point where it's almost invisible. Because whether you think that this is a barbaric practice in Nepal, think about the millions of animals, and it's not just in agricultural uh, practices, but think about the millions of animals uh, that are slaughtered every year not so you can have food. If you got rid of all the animals, like all the cows today, all, all the all the ground beef, you know, all the steaks, you'd still have so much food you wouldn't know what to do with it. Okay, so it's not about having food; it's about having certain kinds of foods. Like you want to have your steaks, or you want to have your burgers, and I, that, if that's what you want. That's fine with me. I don't eat it, but that's fine with me. That's okay. What I'm saying is, there's a fine line because. I know this from having grown up with eating, you know, having steaks and burgers and things like that, that it was almost like a religious type of, especially as an American, it's like a religious type of of an experience. You go out back and you barbecue, you grill, you know, you get the grill out and you put the the, the burger patties on or whatever it is that you're cooking. You know, you make your, your steaks, however you make your steaks and it's a ritualistic, it's a social, it's a cultural, it's a, it's a religious-like uh, practice. It's extremely ritualistic. So the practice of having someone else slaughter those animals and then you go buy them at the grocery store and you take them home and you have your 4th of July barbecue, you have, you have your weekly cheeseburgers or whatever it is that you eat, you're separated from the source of, of where that product is coming from. And that might, for some people, make them because I know there are people I know who don't really like, um, you know, the practice of animal agriculture, but they don't want to know about it. They'd rather just they'd rather just eat it anyway and not know. So that allows you to separate yourself from the practice of slaughter, where in Nepal, they have no issue with just ritually slaughtering these animals in, in a in a in a. In a festival that almost just looks like it's it's a, a form of fun barbarism, like they just literally look like they're going to town, hacking away at these live animals. It's super barbaric. But before you judge that, you should recognize what animal industrial uh, industrial agriculture, industrial animal agriculture, really is. It's the same thing. You can say, well, they stun them, or they do this, they do that. Well, that's not the that's not the point. It's still the mass slaughter of animals every single day so that you can have your burger, so that you can have your steak. Now, before you turn the show off because you think, well, this this turned really fast. Now he's telling me not to eat a steak. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying culturally, before we can go any further into tonight's show, we need to understand uh, these cultural differences. And we need to understand that there isn't much of a difference between this totally extreme, barbaric mass murder of animals which doesn't even fit in with the Hindu mythology. It's just a man-made thing. And people that ritually go get their, their meats for their 4th of July or for a birthday party or for just any night of the week, whatever. Uh, 18,000 cattle. Remember the 18,000 cattle that died in that explosion in Texas at the dairy farm? I've heard numbers between 18,000 and 20,000. I mean, we could just go with 20,000 
for for an easy estimate because that about eighteen to twenty thousand uh that's twenty percent of the cattle slaughtered every single day in America. So we could just we could just double that. Forty thousand would be forty percent, right? And then we could double that. Eighty thousand would be eighty percent. About a hundred thousand uh, cattle are slaughtered every day in the United States. So the killings in Nepal, um, it's barbaric and it's practiced every five years. But the Godhimai festival, it results in 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 like you know ten thousand, twenty thousand buffalo. A lot more goats and a lot more birds. But even when they, you know, in 2009, they killed a quarter of a million animals for this practice. You know, in the United States, over 100,000 animals are slaughtered every day, every single day. And that's extremely ritualistic and that's extremely barbaric. Again, I don't care if you eat it. I don't care if you make love to a steak. I don't care if you, if you, you know, put your your male part in a cheeseburger. I don't care what you do. I'm just saying that it's the same thing. It's like people tell me, I get, I get so much flack from this. Oh, no, no, that, that, that com- the communion in the church, that's totally different than drinking the blood of an animal or ritually sacrificing something. No, it's, it's literally, not only is it the same thing, but at least other cultures, if they're going to drink the blood of an animal, they just drink the blood of an animal. They don't tell you that this grape, this grape juice is the blood of Christ, but we're going to drink grape juice instead of blood. They just drink the blood. At least the people in Nepal have no issue with what they believe. They just go and barbarically slaughter these animals. And that's the problem I have with Christians. They have to hide behind this guise of, oh, it's not really blood. It's just grape juice or wine. No, it, it, read the Bible. It's, it says it's the blood of Christ. Now, it is symbolic, but it's the same kind of a thing. It's the drinking of the blood and the eating of the flesh. It's kind of a form of cannibalism, but it's a form of spiritual cannibalism because you're consuming of the spirit of Christ and of the life, life essence of Christ, the spirit of the body and the blood is the life essence. It's, it's basically a way to get pagans and to get people that practiced less institutional religions, let's call them, uh, into the church. That's all that it is. In the same way that they placed uh, certain holidays on old pagan festivals to get the pagans assimilated into the church. That's that's all that it is. And it's a similar kind of a thing with this killing of animals in Nepal and with the way that we can go to the store and get any burger, any steak, anything we want. Even in times of increased prices and inflation and supply chain issues, you, you can go to the store and get pretty much anything you want anywhere. And it's 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 bizarre because it's not just meat; it's eggs as well. You know, egg prices have gone up substantially, like massive uh, uh, increases in the in the cost of eggs, just like the cost of anything else. And you know, people panic. I've seen people panic at grocery stores. Uh, my my uh, my partner, she works at a grocery store and she works in produce. She's a manager, and she sees people come into this store, and you know, it's a whole grocery store, big produce department grocery department, all the things you'd find in a grocery store. And people come in and they're like, well, what am I going to eat if I, if you guys don't have eggs? I don't know what I'm going to eat. It's like, what do you mean you don't know what you're going to eat if they don't have eggs? There's other things to consume. <laughs> there's other things to eat. But people get panicky when there's no eggs because it's ritualistic. You know, the, the classic bread and milk and eggs and maybe sausage or bacon, that is ritualistic. It is a ritualistic thing. And all a ritual is, is a ceremony, uh, a thing that you do. Usually it consists of a series of d- multiple actions performed in according, according to, performed in, a, in accord with some kind of prescribed order. 
this is what people do every day. You get up and you have your cup of coffee. Maybe you have your egg. Maybe you you go to work, you come home, maybe you have your cheeseburger for lunch. It, it, this It's all ritualistic. Uh, and when you look at the God Himai festival in Nepal, it looks barbaric and they kill a lot of animals, but it takes two days in America for the same number of animals to be slaughtered, except we slaughter them not to a goddess. We slaughter them to, well, I guess really, I guess there is a goddess, uh, the goddess of liberty, libertas, uh, or the goddess of justice, justitia. We slaughter it to the goddess of having the freedom to choose what we eat and having so much abundance, we really, in most cases, don't know what to do with it. Now, the reason I bring all this up is because like the 18,000 cows that died at this, this dairy farm, um, looking at the two extremes, the cultural extremes and how we, how we view the slaughtering of animals for it's a barbaric, satanic practice, I'm sure some think in Nepal, or in the case of the United States, we think, oh, it's, it's just so we can eat because we need this food to sustain ourselves. But in the middle, there are a lot of other, a lot of other uh, double standards. Like, for example, there are people that still eat meat. I, I would assume that there are a lot of people that are super pro-women's rights, but they're not vegetarians or vegans. And if you're pro-women's rights, you have to be a vegan. You have to be, like, logically. Uh, you can't drink milk and eat meat if you are a feminist or if, you are, uh, if you're a proponent of my body, my choice. And yet, I'm pretty sure all those people drink milk and eat meat. Uh, and the reason you can't be is because the dairy cows, or those cows that died on that, on that uh, farm, the 18,000 plus, 18, 20,000, you know, they keep those cows artificially pregnant to produce the milk. They, they basically, they rape the cows and then they get them pregnant and they use that to produce the milk. They'll take the calves and they'll use the, the calves. They'll put them in little solitary confinements and darkness and you'll use that, you know, to make veal and other kinds of, of things like that. I mean, it's, it's not only is it a total, totally barbaric practice, but it's a total violation. <laughs> if, you were, if you were a feminist or my body, my choice, it's a total violation of the very principles that you, you say you stand for. And yet all the my body, my choice people don't seem to have any issue with consuming meat or they would make if they understood that they would make that or consuming dairy, they would make that uh, a part of their their political argument. But it's just a it's just a buffet of of political zealotry. You can take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. If you don't like that, don't don't worry about that. I don't have to, you don't have to touch that. You don't have to eat that. You don't have to talk about that. I mean, we we have. So much opportunity, so much abundance. So we, we just don't know what to do. We we can pick our battles, pick our food, and you know I think that despite despite the fact that we shouldn't be happy or content with mediocrity or with rising prices uh, or with uh, you know just the general cost of goods or the lack of options at the store because we don't have one particular thing in stock and people freak out. We need to understand that. A lot of what is happening, the slaughter of animals, all those fires at food manufacturing, processing facilities, perhaps it's not that it's abnormal for those types of things to happen, because it certainly isn't. It's abnormal for the media to report on it so consistently, to either promote it or to deny that it's happening. And I think that means that there's a psychological thing here. We're going to talk about that when we come back from break. Why? This is such a big topic. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere.
From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium options. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. Well, I do hope that you find it enlightening. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. I try to do something a little bit different here to provide you with a slightly different perspective than all other forms of media. I don't really even consider myself to be media. I just consider myself to be a, a guy who just happens to have a radio studio because I fell into that over a decade ago. And I try to be as objective as possible. In the first segment tonight, I told you about the festival in Nepal where they slaughter hundreds of thousands of animals to the Hindu goddess Gadhimai. And how in most of the rest of the Western world um, and even most of the world in general has a little bit of an issue with that. Even people that are pro-meat and pro-animal agriculture because they see this festival as being super barbaric. You look at the pictures and people are just hacking away like just, I, you can't say animals because they're less than animals. I mean, the, these people are just like demons just hacking away at, at live animals Buffalo, uh, everything from buffalo and uh, chickens to well, they slaughter like hundreds of thousands of goats. But when you look at that festival, you have to put that in perspective. I mean, and that, that festival happens every five years. They slaughter close to a quarter million animals. We slaughter over 100,000 uh, cows alone, cattle alone in the United States every single day. Now, you might say, well, that's because in the United States, we need it for food. Well, no, actually, you don't need it for food because if you got rid of all the cattle, 
like all the all the ground beef and all the steaks. I, I don't even shop in that part of the grocery store. Uh, you go to any grocery store, there's more than just the meat section. Like there's all kinds of other things to eat. So you don't need it for food. It's a luxury item, especially because it's so expensive to buy seafood or any kind of meat. It's very it's a luxury item. Okay. But we slaughter those bit that 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 number of animals uh, on a daily basis in the United States. I mean, we slaughter it, it it depends on the you know the day. I'm sure it fluctuates in the industry, but about a hundred thousand cattle slaughtered every day. That doesn't account for all the other animals that are slaughtered. So I mean, feasibly, we slaughter more animals per day in the United States, just in the US, than all the animals that are slaughtered in the Godhimai festival. One is considered barbaric, and it certainly is barbaric, considering that the the, the goddess uh, Godhimai never asked for animal sacrifice in uh, in the Hindu legend. She never asked for it. She just she goes to this guy who's a prisoner in his in his dreams, or he's a prisoner in in his dreams. She goes to him and says, "Build me a temple." And he wakes up and he finds that he's been freed. And so he builds her a temple, but then he slaughters an animal that she never asked to be slaughtered. So that's a creation uh, in the in the legend. That's a creation that you know man has created this this um, this desire to kill this animal for this goddess. And now they do it. I mean, hundreds of thousands. But again, we kill hundreds of thousands of animals every day in the United States just for the luxury of having those burgers or having those steaks. Now, I don't think that government should regulate uh, your consumption of meat to the point where they try to um, actively engage in things that would eliminate uh, your ability uh, to access those types of things at the grocery store. I don't think that that's... That's right. I think that is an overreach of, of government authority. But there is also a lot of power and a lot of corruption in those industries in everything from the raising of chickens to the raising of cattle. There's a tremendous amount of politics and a tremendous amount of corruption. And there's a lot of money and a lot of backdoor deals. And uh, I don't agree with that. I don't stand with that either. I don't really stand on either side of that aisle because I don't, I'm not a proponent of consuming things like this. My point tonight, though, is when you look at the festival in Nepal and you compare that with how many animals we slaughter every day in the U.S. and you look at general cultural differences, you know, some Asian cultures, they consume dog. We consider that to be extremely and profoundly offensive in the West, but we also eat cows and there are parts of the world that find the cow to be sacred, right? Like in India, not all of India, but a lot of India. So we have to understand these cultural differences and we have to understand that although the, 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 the sacrifice in Nepal, the Gatimai festival, is a ritual slaughter, what we do to animals every day in the U.S. or what we don't do, but what companies do because we buy those products that are the, the end product of, of the, uh, the, the agricultural, the animal agricultural process, uh, it is also a ritual mass slaughter. And it takes, and it's also very dangerous, not just for, for, for obviously for the animals that, uh, that, that are slaughtered every day, but the, the workers, a lot of the workers in those factories, those facilities are uh, migrants. Um, they're undocumented. So people get hurt relatively 
uh, often, and uh, they usually can't seek any kind of medical attention because they're not documented. They're not even in the country legally. So there's a whole human rights issue there uh, as well. But beyond that, as we ended the last segment, I said that the perception, and it's a perception no matter how you slice it, the perception that there have been a lot of different mysterious fires and explosions, and we've talked about this in the past, at food processing facilities, everything from potatoes to salad to oil and vinegar to honey to you name it, uh, that there have been all these mysterious acts of what look like sabotage. And that is something that we can perceive. It, 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 it is happening. The question, obviously, first and foremost, is how often do those kinds of incidences occur every day in the United States? How often do they occur every month, every year? The same thing when 18,000 cows died in a fire in Texas recently. We have to ask the question, how often does that occur uh, normally? How often do, well, they call them barn fires, even if they're not in barns. How often do these kinds of fires happen? And how often do they result in the, uh, the deaths of animals and how many animals? How, how often does that happen every month, every, every year, every decade, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Those are questions we have to ask. And, and we're going to get to those answers after we get to those questions here as we go through some of these stories. So let's look at the 18,000 cows. 18,000 cows killed in an explosion at a dairy farm in Texas. The largest cattle killing ever. Maybe from fire and maybe in the United States, but certainly not the largest killing ever because that takes place in Nepal every five years called the Godhimai Festival. 18,000 head of cattle perished in the fire at the South Fork Dairy Farm near Dimmit, Texas. That's about 20% of the cattle slaughtered in America on any given day. So we kill 100,000 cattle every day for luxury. Really, it's just for luxury. This was the biggest single incident death of cattle in the country since the Animal Welfare Institute, which is a Washington-based animal advocacy group, began tracking barn and farm fires in 2013. They say, and this is just a, a theory, According to a county judge, Mandy Geffler, or Feller, Mandy Feller, uh, top executive for the county, a malfunction in a piece of farm equipment may have caused an explosion that led to the fire. They don't know for sure, but may have caused some sort of um, explosion that caused the fire. Uh, Back in 2015, Uh, There was another uh, incident like this, actually a little bit more than 18,000 cattle, 20,000 cattle died, but that was across the whole Texas panhandle. Uh, That's according to the Texas Association of Dairymen. So there's a blizzard in 2015 that killed 20,000 cattle, but that was over a a, a wide area of Texas. The 18,000 cattle that just died is like the largest uh, single cattle killing ever in the United States, reportedly. So that's the information that we know that happened on April 12th. Now that also tells us something else. We have a a long history uh, of strange events, usually fires and explosions and the death of innocents that occur 
uh, occurs between April, like mid-April, uh, April 10th until the end of the month, which is Beltane or Beltan or Walpurgis. Uh, that's April 30th. We also call this May Eve. And Beltane brings us from Ostara, the spring equinox, into Letha, the summer solstice, June 20th through the 23rd. And Beltane is really a festival. It's a Wiccan Druidic festival that is meant to encourage, and we do things on earth to help encourage sympathetically, the resurrection of the sun. Fires are one of the big things that, you know, bonfires, people light big fires and they offer sacrifices uh, to, uh, to the divine, let's call it, and offer sacrifices so that the sun will be made happy, that the sun will be made full and strong and completely warm again as we approach the summer solstice. So we're sympathetically building this fire. And this is a, an occurrence that it's all over all over um, the United States. People still practice this. People practice this in Europe. This is still a very common practice. They have bonfires for Beltane. And Beltane, therefore, is a fire festival, or it is at least a fire, a holy day, or a series of holy days that lead up. Because Beltane leads up to Letha. So even the days prior to Beltane, which is April 30th, lead up to Beltane. People say, well, April's Beltane, Beltane or Beltane or Beltane. It's actually not the whole month. It's not the first two weeks, the last two. It's just April 30th. It's a single day. They call it Walpurgis Nacht or Walpurgis Night. It's a German goddess. So, or German deity, I believe a goddess. Beltane is a single day. So the whole month, though, it's, it's leading up to Beltane and leading up to May Day. And all throughout history, we've seen, you could sit and name so many of these, you know, Columbine, Waco, the Virginia Tech shooting, the sinking of the Titanic, the death of Abraham Lincoln, the birth of Adolf Hitler. Uh, the, I mean, the, the announcement that Osama bin Laden was killed May 1st, the announcement of the Freedom Tower in New York at 1776 feet. They announced it on May 1st. May 1st, 1776 is the birth of the Bavarian Illuminati. I mean, there's just, there's so much. The Church of Satan, I think, was established. Um, Anton LaVey chose Beltane uh, to establish his church. Uh, this is just a very, shouldn't be a dark, it should be a very bright and illuminating, but it has a very dark history. Um, Oklahoma City bombing is another one. The, uh, there's so many uh, of, of these things that occur. So as I said, like weeks ago, that you, you can always expect, I'm not predicting the future, I'm just saying you can always expect something to happen, explosions, fire, some big story that's just kind of, kind of shocks you. And this year, April 12th, that story was the 18,000 cows killed in an explosion at a fire in Texas at a Texas dairy farm, the largest single event killing of cattle in the history of the United States. Now, when people see that story, they mix it together with all of the chicken farms and the food facilities, food processing, manufacturing, distribution facilities that have also had problems. Like, for example, 100,000 chickens died at a farm in Connecticut back in January. Another fire killed uh, back in December. 250 chickens at a farm in Pennsylvania. 
10,000 plus chickens were also killed at a Minnesota farm in Wright County. There are lots of these fires, lots of these incidences, lots of these cases. Now, these 18,000 cows, the question is, does this have anything to do with these other fires? Do these other fires have anything to do with each other? Is there a pattern? Well, there's certainly a pattern, but is that pattern abnormal? Is that pattern something that we normally don't see? According to data from the Fire Protection Research Foundation, which reports on fires in animal housing facilities, about 930 fires occurred annually in livestock and poultry storage properties, like barns, stockyards, animal pens, from 2014 to 2018, about 930. An additional average of 750 fires occurred annually in livestock production properties. So on average, there's about four of these types of fires every day. Now, my, my issue here is, I always have an issue, because I always see things a little bit differently. My issue here is left-wing media in particular has said that this is a conspiracy theory. This is not abnormal for there to be fires. This is not abnormal for chickens to die or for cows to die. It's not abnormal for these things to happen. Now, the thing is, the right-leaning media, the right-wing media says this is abnormal. This is not a common thing that we see and that this is a pattern of sabotage. And the alternative media tends to promote that narrative even a little bit more than the right-wing or right-leaning media. But I have, I, have a, I have a thought, though. What if it was both? Okay, what if it was not something that's abnormal? So the left-leaning media is right. What if it is something that happens all the time? But what if it also is really suspicious because what's happening is happening in record numbers, like the 18,000 cows that died in that fire. That is a record that we've never had that many cattle die at once in a single place. Some of these chicken farms are the biggest in the country. Well, the same thing with New Zealand. New Zealand had a, had an, a similar issue. One of their largest uh, uh, egg producer had the same issue. So it's not abnormal for there to be fires, for there to be these kinds of um, accidents, let's call them. But it is a little abnormal for these types of things to happen in most of the, I mean, in a lot of these cases, like unprecedented fires, unprecedented deaths, unprecedented loss. But then again, these are some, these are some big facilities, chickens, cows, and if there is, a, there is a fire, there's a malfunction, then you're probably going to get a lot of death, right? So it's trying to ba- we're trying to balance out the two arguments here. And the reason I, I specifically bring up the way that the mainstream and alternative media addresses this, and no, I'm not in the alternative media, folks. I'm not alternative media. I'm not even independent media. I'm, I'm just making observations here. I read this article from the National Fire Protection Association. This is from January of this year. They were reporting on the chickens in Connecticut and Pennsylvania and other places. And, of course, there was one in Minnesota. There's also in New Zealand and other places. And they say that um, these types of claims about mysterious uh, fires or unnatural fires, like it's just uncharacteristic for there, there to be this many this close together, they actually reported that people like 
Fox News host, Tucker Carlson. They say he's one of the people that have really spread uh, this theory. And he purported, this is a quote from the NFPA, he reported or purported that a string of fires that had occurred in food processing facilities was suspicious. And that is, I actually watched that segment. I remember that segment. I watched that segment on YouTube. And I remember him saying that it was it's very suspicious, and it is. And that's just a general statement. But the NFPA says that conspiracy theory was debunked. Now, I want to read that statement from the NFPA again, the National Fire Protection Association. They keep track of the you know, of barn fires and, and, and things like that. Um, and, the, and the Fire Protection Research Foundation, they do the statistical analysis of this. So it says similar claims were made last spring as many people, including Fox News host Tucker Carlson, purported that a string of fires that had occurred in a food processing facility or food processing facilities was suspicious. That conspiracy theory was debunked by NFPA and others. So to say something is suspicious is a conspiracy theory. And that conspiracy theory, by extension, can be easily debunked by experts. So I have a problem with that. Now, since I brought up Tucker Carlson, I should also make my, my statement. People have asked me, not that my opinion matters at all. Maybe it does to some of you. Fox News fired Tucker Carlson because of the Dominion lawsuit and the ruling that Fox had to pay hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, I want you to think about the pattern here. CNN fired Brian Seltzer, Steltzer, you know, the, the guy that talks like this, which was just a shame because he was comedy gold. And then they got rid of Don Lemon or Don Lemon. So the left-leaning media, they cleaned house. They got rid of a fat clown who eats kids, or I think he eats kids, uh, and they got rid of, it's a joke, and they got rid of uh, you know a, a gay black guy, which is a big loss for CNN because a gay black guy, that's a lot of... That's a lot of um, social credit there. So the left-wing media, they got rid of some of their top anchors, or at least people that were, they certainly weren't respected. They weren't Walter Cronkites, but they were the, the talking heads that told us what was factual and what wasn't factual. They told us how to think. Then the uh, Democratic Party in particular came after Alex Jones really hard in court over the Sandy Hook comments that were made over a decade ago. And that trial was a show trial, if you kept up with it. And they reported all these, these numbers, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars that InfoWars supposedly had to, had to pay out. What they don't tell you is there's a cap on that, and you don't have to pay it back all at once. And they just tell people InfoWars has to pay all this money, and they're basically done. Alex Jones is bankrupt. It's all over. So don't even worry about it. We, we took care of them. But InfoWars is still on air, and InfoWars is not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. So it's just about creating the perception that InfoWars is off the air, just like with the deplatforming that happened years ago with Apple and Facebook and YouTube. It's about providing the perception that InfoWars is gone. And that even tricked some of Alex Jones's audience that he's deplatformed, he's gone, because they couldn't find him on some of those platforms. They thought he was taken off air. 
It's about providing the perception. And this is exactly what CNN has done. CNN, I mean, Don Lemon said and did stuff that was so outrageous that even CNN had to say, no, you're gone. So CNN changed guard. Okay. Uh, Infowars was an example of why you can't have free speech because it could harm people, even if those families were helped along in the lawsuit and really used and abused by the Democratic Party and by other Democratic law firms, which is all very, very easy to see in the, in the documents uh, because those were the, the, those were the plaintiffs just exploiting the Sandy Hook families. Uh, so that was a precedent to make sure that you know that you can't question events, you can't speculate, you can't find things suspicious because you could get fined and you could lose everything, even though that's not even necessarily what happened with InfoWars. And now the same thing with Fox News. Hundreds of millions of dollars, just like the InfoWars, just like the Alex Jones lawsuit. Hundreds of millions for, for, for defaming Dominion, the Democratic, you know, Democratic uh, child there. It has to be protected. So Fox News gets rid of Tucker Carlson. Why do you think they got rid of Tucker Carlson? The first, when I first heard that, I was like, they got rid of their number one, like the number one rated nightly news show in the mainstream media. Why would they do that? Probably because even though he makes them a lot of money, uh, three quarters of a billion dollars is also a lot of money. And I get, not only can they write some of that off as a business expense for taxes, that's what businesses routinely do and companies do when, they, when they're faced with these kinds of uh, settlements. But I bet you the Democratic Party and the people that, are, that were in control of, of, of that kangaroo court said, you fire Tucker Carlson and you won't have to pay a lot of this money. That was probably the stipulation. So they get rid of Tucker Carlson. You see a pattern here? Liberal media, independent media, and conservative media all cleaned out. Don Lamont, household name. Alex Jones, household name. Tucker Carlson, household name. Left, middle, right. Now I want you to think about the alternative media and the mainstream media in general. The alternative media says all these cattle, all these chickens, all these animals that are being burned alive and all these explosions and all these things that are happening, this is abnormal. This never happens. Well, actually it does happen. Fires are pretty frequent according to the... uh, Fire Protection Research Foundation, there's about four of these fires a day. Now, that doesn't debunk the conspiracy theory to me. That just means, because I see proof of a conspiracy, not within the fires themselves, not within the death of these animals, you know, just the death. I see it in the way that the alternative media and the way that the mainstream media addresses these stories. Because here's the thing. These fires happen daily. Okay, it's just like people get upset about the God Himai festival in Nepal. They killed a quarter million animals to a goddess. They do that every five years. That's barbaric. We, we kill 100,000 cows a day or cattle a day in the United States just so we can have a luxurious meal. So don't get up on your high horse. Don't get up on your, your little soapbox and think that it's inappropriate to slaughter animals because we do this every we just we just export it to a third party to do it for us. I'm not saying either is right or wrong. I'm just saying make sure you have some context. And I think context is what's missing because on the left they say no, these fires are not suspicious. 
no, these fires aren't leading to, you know, inflation or problems like it's not sabotage. Oh, that's stupid and silly. The right-leaning media says, the few that address these kinds of things, say it is completely sabotage. There's never been anything like this before. And to be fair to Tucker Carlson, at least he was a little bit more objective about things like this. More so the alternative media. Never been anything like this before. Never seen anything like this before. This is just the sabotage of everything. The thing is, I agree with both sides. It is it is certainly sabotage. And these fires and these things also happen all the time. I think it's the perception that really matters here, folks. The perception that is being created is that this is abnormal, even though it is pretty normal. Although it is abnormal for some of the biggest ag producers, some of the, the biggest cattle uh, 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 deaths from fire ever. But although this is common, it's also the perception that's being created that this, because the media doesn't have to cover this. So they're covering it and creating this perception that there is something happening. There is some type of sabotage. There is something weird going on here. There's something strange going on here. They're feeding that fire on the left and the right, and especially in the alternative media. And the question is, why? And I think it's because we, especially in America, we have so much abundance that they have to make us perceive that we're losing our abundance. That the whole system is unstable, that everything is collapsing. And I do believe that there are powerful forces that are sabotaging our industries, sabotaging uh, supply chains, sabotaging the economy. There's no doubt about that. But this is about creating the perception that these things are even worse than they really are on the left and the right, and especially in the alternative, because, well, that gets ratings, and we'll talk a little bit more about this when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. 
There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! are tuned into the secret teachings radio i'm your host ryan gable thank you so much for joining us this morning this afternoon tonight whenever and wherever you are listening around the world on ground zero dot radio aftermath dot media the secret teachings dot info our website or on any of the radio or podcast players that you choose to listen to your shows on you're listening on apple podcasts in particular please leave us a review and let us and others know what you think about the show i would really appreciate that secret teachings has been around for over a decade we've bounced around from network to network and you can't find us really online anywhere because we don't really do social media don't really do anything a little little twitter page that got canceled and I had to create a new one and I do have a Facebook page that's been around hasn't been canceled yet but I just don't bother with the social media very much I don't bother people ask me why don't you go to Rockfin or Rumble I'm like I don't know because I tried them and I got blocked on those too so I don't know I'm I'm just not allowed on it I'm not allowed on Gab Gab (laughs) won't let me post anything I'm just not allowed on any of any of them and it's probably because I also don't say or do things or believe things that this so-called alternative community that really is a an offshoot of the right-wing media. I don't really say the things that they believe or that they think, and so I'm not you know politically correct for them either. And I find the same issue on both sides of the aisle. That's why I love Clyde Lewis. That's why I love Ground Zero, because there's something unique and, and truly independent uh, happening here. And I'm so glad to be a part of this. And I mean that very sincerely. Nobody's telling me to say that. I mean that so sincerely. I'm so happy that I can be part of this um, and uh, help to help to do something similar to what Clyde's doing. That's how we found each other in the first place. Uh, being able to provide a totally uh, unique perspective uh, on things. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes we do similar shows. I heard Clyde do that show recently about the... Um, about the explosion in Kiev and uh, about the, was it an asteroid? And I didn't even hear anything about that. Usually I'm, I'm up to date on news. I haven't been recently and it's a really interesting show. I mean, you don't get that kind of stuff on other, on other networks. You don't get that kind of, so you get a lot of hysteria and a lot of talking points and the alternative media sort of creates their own narratives and they spin them. And they're, it's the same thing as the mainstream media. You get a lot of different perspective here on ground zero on aftermath and, if you haven't subscribed yet, go to aftermath.media, premium subscription. You get my show, Clyde's show, and a lot more. Only 10 bucks a month, $10 a month. You know, people spend that on a coffee at Starbucks, like six, seven dollars. Ten bucks a month, though, you get all of our shows. And we put a hell of a lot of work into the shows that we do. I do, Clyde does. 
his staff does. I don't have a staff myself, uh, but we put a lot of work into our shows and um, I'm really happy that you're listening. I'm really happy that people support uh, what I do. I feel honored. I feel blessed. And so I'm going to continue to do what I've always done tonight, and that is to try to provide you with a, a unique perspective on what is happening in the world. And we can start with a very brief recap of a festival that takes place in Nepal every five years. And it's a festival dedicated to, dedicated to the Hindu goddess Godhimai. And Godhimai is a goddess of power. Godhimai comes in one of the legends to a prisoner and says, I want you to build me a temple. And this was in the prisoner's dreams. And when he wakes up, he's actually free of bondage, and he begins to construct the temple. And when he completes the temple, he offers a sacrifice to Godhimai. Sacrifice is an animal. But in the legend, Godhimai never told him to sacrifice an animal. So it's kind of weird or kind of strange that he would do that, in the legend anyway. Today, Godhimai is, I guess you could say, honored. I don't know if the ritual slaughter of thousands of animals is, is honorable, but Godhimai is honored with a festival where tens of thousands of buffalo and hundreds of thousands of goats, literally hundreds of thousands of goats and tens of thousands of birds are slaughtered. And I don't mean like we pray for the soul. Thank you for being a, you know, a, 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 good, uh, a good goat for us and then kill it. Uh, no, this is like people that sharpen their swords and go out and just like hack away at live animals. I mean, it is it and they it is gross. Like there's blood everywhere, entrails everywhere, body parts everywhere. It looks like something like it would be a depiction of hell. It's that horrific. If you look, be careful. If you look up pictures of this, it's very, very graphic. And if you want to know how to spell her name, it's God Himai, G-A-D. H-I-M-A-I. Now, I'm not a Hindu, so I don't know exactly how common she is. Like, we know Kali or Krishna or Vishnu or Brahma or something like that. But we don't know a lot of these other gods or goddesses, probably. And Godhimai is one that isn't even in my uh, any of my mythology books. So she seems pretty obscure. Maybe if you're a Hindu, you, you, you know who she is. But she's pretty obscure. And uh, this is what the festival is all about, sacrificing those animals to her. And there's a, a modern backstory to that as well that I explained earlier. So we might see that as barbaric. But here in the United States, we slaughter 100,000 cattle a day. That's just cattle a day to feed our desire for various forms of meats. Uh, we slaughter animals a lot more than 100,000 cattle. We slaughter all sorts of animals every single day to feed our uh desire, our luxury, that's what it is, it's a luxury, for our chicken and for our ground beef and our steaks and our fancy meats and things like that. We do that every single day and we consider that just to be standard business practice. That's just what it means to be an American or what it means to, to be free or what it means to be whatever. So when you look at the festival, kind of seems barbaric, but we do the same thing. We just don't directly do it. We let companies do it for us. So there's a fine line between a ritual mass slaughter of hundreds of thousands of animals and what we do on a daily basis is slaughter those animals. We just do it in a slaughterhouse where you really can't take pictures 
and where there really isn't a lot of documentation of what happens to the workers or because most of them are illegal or uh, undocumented or people that are uh, unable to speak English and they, they are uh, working in extremely hazardous, hazardous conditions. And that's something that is usually uh, overlooked, not talked about. It's not a, not a concern, even to the animal advocates, which is strange. A lot of animal advocates like don't care that humans are abused. They just care about the animals that are abused, which is weird. Same thing with like the, the pro-abortion people. They're all about women's bodies, women's bodies. Well, if you're all about women's bodies, you should be opposed to the modern birthing process, first of all. But you should also be opposed to drinking dairy, drinking any kind of milk or yogurt or eating yogurt because they keep those cows uh, perpetually pregnant. They even have they have these things called I think it's like a slang, but rape racks where they put the female cow in this thing so she can't move, and then they let the male cow go at her. It's literally it's literally just they rape the cows to get them pregnant to keep producing the milk. That's how it works. It's just a it's just how it that's how they do it. And so if you have a concern with women's bodies and abortion, you my God, you should be very concerned about the about the animal. Uh, agricultural industry but then people go overboard and they think we should get rid of all the animals and we should just eat insects and we should just which you've been by the way you've been eating insects for a lot longer than you think oh there's crickets in this or that have you ever looked at the ingredients in a starbucks drink starbucks uses insects for their drinks candy that you eat for easter halloween a lot of candies use insects for um, the glaze, confectioner's glaze is made out of insects a lot of the time. So is that uh, that red, uh, it's like a red dye or a red powder that's used for Starbucks uh, beverages, frappuccinos, again, candy. They get that from insects. So you've been eating insects for a long time. And this is the problem I have with the alternative and the, you know, the, the independent and, you know, even the right wing media. It's like you've already been eating these insects. Okay, it's called Starbucks. It's called candy. And if you're concerned about insects, wait until you learn about the other things they put in your food. If you think insects are bad. They just, they, these talking points in the alternative press, in the independent press, they take precedent over logic, common sense, objectivity, etc. And they just get repeated and regurgitated. If I, I swear to God, if I have to hear one more you know, America, pro-America podcast or pro-America radio show or pro-America this, pro-America, that just literally, they say, we're independent, we don't do what the mainstream media does, and then you literally just regurgitate mainstream media talking points. I, I just, if I have to hear that one more time, I might actually physically vomit. I'm so sick and tired of hearing it. It's no different than the alternative to them, the alternative media, which is the mainstream media, and that is, you know, CNN, MSNBC, and all those. You know, you notice recently that uh, Brian Stelzer or Seltzer, whatever, it the clown, whatever his name is, he had been fired. Don Lemon was fired. And then there's these lawsuits against Fox News and Dominion. And then the Democrats say, we want Tucker Carlson fired. And uh, I'm sure that Fox got some very positive benefit from that. Save a lot of money, even though they're going to lose a lot of money losing Tucker. So Tucker's gone from Fox. And then Alex Jones is sued and has to supposedly pay all this money. And I think these lawsuits, whether it was against Infowars and Alex Jones or it's against Fox News and largely just against Tucker Carlson, 
these lawsuits are just precedences that are being set legally uh, to censor and to uh, ban free speech and the ability to have a free press. But you'll notice that it's happening in the independent media or alternative media like Infowars. It's happening in conservative media, although Tucker's kind of like conservative to more like what Alex Jones does or even sometimes what we, what we do. Uh, I, I like some of the stuff Tucker did kind of. Uh, kind of similar sometimes people. That's why people thought I used to, I used to watch Tucker and get my ideas. No, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know who Tucker Carlson was until like a year and a half ago. I did not watch Tucker Carlson to get my ideas. I find that so funny. Uh, people say that, but uh, Tucker Carlson's like, yeah, right, right to, to alternative. So it's liberal media, it's alternative media and it's right wing media. And it's really just setting the precedent uh, that you can't have free speech or you can't have free press, et cetera. You can't even have your own thoughts. You can't even have suspicions. Can't have suspicions. In fact, the National Fire Protection Association, the NFPA, they published an article earlier this year about a conspiracy theory over chicken farm fires. And they say that it's false, that there is no conspiracy about these chicken farm fires. And they reference the 100,000 chickens at a farm in Connecticut they referenced the fire in December of last year that killed a quarter of a million chickens in Pennsylvania. They neglect to mention uh, what's happened in New Zealand or in Minnesota. 10,000 plus birds died in Minnesota in a fire. And they say that these conspiracy theories, they say these are similar claims made last spring by people like Fox News host Tucker Carlson who purported that a string of fires that had occurred in food processing facilities was suspicious. That conspiracy theory, according to the NFPA, has been debunked. Now, I'm not sure how having suspicion, which is what a journalist is supposed to have, it's what a well, it's what a good uh, investigator is supposed to have, uh, an ability to be uh, aware of patterns or bizarre connections or links and to have suspicion. I mean, scientists use suspicion. We, we suspect that uh, this is this is a thing in nature, and we have to go test our hypothesis. So a suspicion is not a conspiracy theory, but to link, this is the National Fire Protection Association. This isn't like CNN. And, and, and they use the same kind of psychology. A suspicion, to have a suspicion is really to just have a conspiracy theory, and that conspiracy theory has been debunked. Okay, but let's think about it. All these fires at the chicken uh, or egg producers, the chicken uh, uh, facilities, farms. The 18,000 cows dead in Texas recently. Uh, the fires in New Zealand and other parts of, uh, of the world, including Europe. Fires, explosions. I mean, a couple, I think two different planes crashed into food places, plants, manufacturers, processors in the United States. Potatoes, salads, oil, vinegar. Uh, you name it, chips, uh, snack uh, facilities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we've had attacks on power plants. We've had uh, more than, this is more than uh, the average. We've had train derailments, uh, toxic chemical spills, uh, alternative energy plants that have gone up in flames. And independently, like s singularly, these are not uh, abnormal things that happen. There are, if you just look at uh, animal agriculture, there are hundreds, uh, close to a thousand fires that occurred between 2014 and 2018, according to the data. It's about four fires uh, a day, a 
according to the National Fire Protection Association. So fires are not abnormal. Left-leaning media is right. Those fires are not abnormal. However, the 18,000 cows that died in Texas, that's the largest ever. The largest ever. The, uh, the, the chicken farms, one of them was like the third largest uh, we've, with, with all the fires at these food processor manufacturers. I mean, it was like the largest or the second or the third largest for everything from uh, salad to, to snack foods. And it's not just fires. Remember the cyber attacks on JBS, the biggest meat distributor? Cyber attacks, physical attacks on power plants, intentional environmental uh, catastrophes launched when chemicals were set on fire in East Palestine and Ohio. Train derailments. Uh, 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 there was that other uh, factory in, uh, in Ohio that went up in flames. It was like a metal uh, factory or something. Uh this is common, but also uncommon. Fires can be common, but the types of fires can be uncommon. The types of things that happen can be uncommon. And that's what we're really addressing. Because when you have the largest egg, the largest, uh, you know, the largest meat, the largest this, the largest that, or the second or the third largest, and they're having these problems, the largest or the second or third largest, these are not the places where they're normally are or fires like that, especially if it's a big place. I mean, they have a lot more money. They have a lot more up-to-date equipment, we can assume. And most of these fires are from usually smaller places that, uh, very small places, even privately, little tiny privately owned places where there's like malfunction in old equipment and that sparks and causes a fire. So these are very, these are like multi-million dollar operations. A lot of them we can assume, and also a lot of them we know are pretty up-to-date. And of course there's accidents, but it, it is normal, but it's not normal. So the left and right and alternative media, are they're all correct. It's normal, but it's also abnormal for them to happen in the way that they are happening, which makes it feel like sabotage. When it's everything from infrastructure, whether that's railroads, uh, to uh, the port issues we had a couple of years ago with products being held in port and not enough truck drivers, a lot of that was because of lockdowns and government restrictions, and a lot of that was directly from the White House. That is sabotage. And then you had the we had the tax on power plants. You had uh, some of the largest uh, facilities I've already mentioned uh, for different kinds of foods. You had cyber attacks. Uh, you have the uh, Environmental Protection Agency telling states like Texas you can't turn on your energy because of carbon dioxide emissions. I mean, that's sabotage. So the right-leaning media and the alternative media, they're also right. Some of this is sabotage. It's trying to figure out, though, what amount of it is sabotage and what amount of it is normal and what amount of it is, is um, normal in the sense that it, it would happen regardless of any other motivation, any other agenda, any kind of conspiracy. To separate what is abnormal from what is normal and then to identify what part of that abnormality is direct sabotage or just coincidence? And that's what we have to do. How I mean, so there's there's normal things that happen, okay, and then there's abnormal things that happen. And then within the abnormal, you have to figure out what is coincidental and what is sabotage. And there certainly is sabotage. But the left-leaning media wants you to think there's no such thing as sabotage. The right-leaning media wants you to think everything is sabotage, and they're both right and wrong. 
And the only example I can I can give you that I think uh, just screams common sense is COVID-19. Everybody's sick and everybody's dying from a virus. Everybody's sick and everybody's dying from a vaccine. And it's the left and the right battling it out. It's the virus. It's the vaccine. It's the virus. It's the vaccine. How about it's neither? Or maybe a little bit of both? What if it's fear? What if fear is killing people? What if government policies are killing people? What if lockdowns and shutdowns and restrictions on movement and separating families, what if that kills people? What if taking kids out of school limits their ability to learn, obviously, and actually puts them back a year or maybe even a year and a half or more in terms of development, like math and science and reading and things like that, but also in terms of young children, in terms of physical development? It takes a lot to develop progressively forward. It takes very little to digress. You can't see faces and you don't have social interactions with other with other kids your age. I mean, all that's incredibly destructive. All that is sabotage. All of that is a sabotage. We need to remember that. That is all a sabotage, whether it's society, culture, education, or it's, uh, you know, uh, our, our power, our energy. Remember, the, again, the cyber attacks on the meat plants or the JBS, the one meat uh, uh, distributor, cyber attacks, uh, physical attacks on power. We had that on the the, the west and uh, east coast. And then some of the biggest uh, egg, uh, meat, uh, you name it. Producers, distributors, etc. Snack foods. So let's take all that into consideration. And let's go a little bit further into, into the subject here. When you take that all into consideration, you realize that you're only getting a piece of of the puzzle from these sources of of information, left, right, independent, etc. And few will go further than that because it's not popular to their Rumble or their Rockfin or their YouTube followings. It's not popular to the left or to the right. I will say that Tucker Carlson is one of the few that actually will address what I'm about to bring up. And he, he actually made a, a small documentary on it. So that's uh, another positive in, in his direction. And that is the subject of cattle mutilations, because it's not just the sabotage of all these things or the coincidence of all these things or the, the normal occurrence of all these things. But it's also something else in the news. Just a few days ago, uh, about what, a week ago, six cattle were found in Texas with their tongues removed and the hide around one of the sides of their mouth gone. No blood was spilled. And reportedly, according to officials, uh, this is NBC News reporting this, two of the cases, the animals' genitalia and anuses had been removed with a circular cut that the sheriff's office said had been made with, quote, uh, or with the, quote, same precision as the cuts noted around the jaw lines of each cow. This is also important. The grass around the bodies of all six animals was undisturbed with no signs of struggle and no footprints or tire tracks found, according to the sheriff's office. So these are cows that have had, uh, cattle that have had their tongues removed. They have had their anuses or genitalia in a few of these cases, two of the six removed. Uh, the blood is not spilled, so there's no blood. And well, at least on the surrounding area, the blood's been drained out of the body. And the grass around the bodies is undisturbed, like nobody drove a, drove a car in there or walked in there. It's almost as if this was done from above. 
So six cattle that died mysteriously in Texas had their tongues removed, authorities say. That's the headline of the article. And this has also happened around the United States and other places recently. In 2019, authorities in Oregon found five dead bulls that had their sex organs and tongues removed. There was also that case in Oregon, I think it was in 20, I want to say 2021. Yeah, this is 2021. Detectives perplexed by mysterious Oregon cattle mutilations. This time, six cow carcasses were found. Oregon Live reports the udders appeared to have been removed with precision, straight, even cuts as if made by a sharp object. The reproductive systems had been cut out cleanly without disturbing the other organs. Multiple cases in Oregon, cases also in Texas, cases really all over the United States. Now, we've also seen cases of ritual uh, animal slaughter, uh, practitioners of Santeria in places like Texas. They'll just dump the bodies, though. And when you practice Santeria, they're not performing surgical laboratory laser precision cuts on these animals. They're cutting them with a knife like Azalea Banks in her closet. It's a little bit different. So it's not, and people have speculated, law enforcement has speculated for a long time that this is like satanic or something like that. I don't think it's satanic. But I also don't think it's necessarily aliens. I think it's human. And I know that a lot of UFO people get really butthurt about it, but I don't think that it's that it's aliens and I don't think that it's satanic groups. I mean, I think it's probably more uh, likely that it's aliens than satanic groups, but I think the most likely culprit are government black operations, military laboratories, off-the-books, off-the-record laboratories, black operations. And I think they work with pharmaceutical companies. That's cows. That's where we get the, uh, the idea for vaccines from in the first place. Edward Jenner. Edward Jenner used cows to try to cure cowpox. They've been used in medical research for centuries. The USDA uses cows for research, of course. And whenever they turn up dead, we look for things like diseases. We call it, we think it's a satanic cult or it's a disease or it's aliens. It's kind of the the spectrum. It's like Satanism, disease, or aliens. And nowhere on that spectrum allows for the uh, involvement of the military or private companies particularly pharmaceutical companies, to engage in a form of, um, almost in a form of, of, of conspiracy, conspiring behind the scenes to abduct uh, cattle, uh, to make this look like aliens or whatever it is, to cause confusion, to divert uh, attention away from what would otherwise would be missing animals or uh, what otherwise would be dead animals to divert attention away from that to get people looking at Satan or aliens or diseases, which in some case it is, cases it is disease, when really it's military laboratories, when it's really things like uh, you know pharmaceutical companies, which we know openly also work on uh, cattle, and sometimes these cattle are mutilated with surgical precision. Uh, in twenty twenty two, I was reading this article. Twenty twenty two, National Geographic reported. Research into contagious injections that could spread between hosts without consent or knowledge. Do you remember that? It was research from, uh, it was in Spain, uh, 1999. Um, and very similar types of research, because they did this on like wild rabbits in Spain. These like injections that are contagious, contagious vaccines. 
there's a company called uh, SAB Biotherapeutics in South Dakota that conducted trials on cow-generated antibodies against MERS by giving them injections of genomes and proteins. So this kind of research has gone on for a long time. It's not, it's not a new thing. Uh, like the mRNA shots for cows. People are freaking out about that. We're going to talk more about that when we come back from break. We have to hit this break. We'll come back and we're going to get more into that and uh, some of this cattle mutilation stuff in the news. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. There's more after this break. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a secret teaching subscription you can still keep that subscription just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today I need it So back in 1999, there were some researchers in Spain that did these open air, real world experiments on rabbits. They tagged them, they tracked them, and they had injected them with, well, basically it was um, a transmittable vaccine. And I don't know if vaccine is the right word for it, but they injected them with a contagious uh, product. They called it contagious. And they believe that this product spread to other rabbits and uh, it helped to eradicate a disease or several diseases. Uh, and they did this on uh, rabbits for many, many years in the 90s. National Geographic actually revived uh, the, the story just last year. They called them contagious injections and they could spread between hosts without knowledge. Uh, the goal was to cure a form of tuberculosis. And this research actually dates back before 19, uh, 1990 into the 1980s. 
uh, the rabbit tests were in 1999. Uh, this was not approved in Europe, however, uh, by the European Medicines Agency. So I'm not sure. They did this research in, in, in multiple places, and they've done this on, on um, uh, other kinds of animals as well. So, uh, you know, these companies, it would be easier just to do it without, you know, the regulatory oversight, right, to not get approval. And just keep that in mind for a second. I mentioned a company, SAB Biotherapeutics in South Dakota, that conducts or has conducted trials on cow-generated antibodies against MERS by giving them injections of genomes and proteins. In 2021, the Agricultural Research Service began experimenting with bacterium proteins to develop a cocktail for protecting cattle from certain diseases like paratuberculosis. We've seen other research done on Flying mosquitoes. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation give, gave money to uh, Jichi Medical University in Japan to produce transgenetic or transgenic mosquitoes that would act as flying syringes. Uh, there's also technologies called neurograins, flying microchips, smart dust, and these things could transmit frequencies and signals. They could transmit uh, chemicals, medicines, drugs, uh, genetically modified products, anything. Uh, to animals, to humans, to what, to whatever. And these things constitute almost like an invisible plague or an invisible pestilence because you can't really see it. You don't really know what the cause of, of a new disease or you don't really know what the cause of uh, mysterious uh, cattle deaths or mysterious uh, you know, human deaths even. And a lot of things could be attributed to the death of humans or the death of animals, but... All this research that has been done, a lot of this research that has been done from, in, from injections of uh, uh, genomes and proteins, mRNA technology, uh, transmittable vaccines or whatever they want to call them. This research has been conducted by, you know, standard, I guess you could call them standard laboratory scientists probably being paid. I don't know what the Spanish researchers were paid, but paid by the industry, bio, bio uh Technology companies, pharmaceutical companies. Uh, in, in the case in South Dakota, it's a biotherapeutics company doing this. And when you think about uh, animal uh, or cattle, I call them animal because it's more than just cattle, but uh, animal mutilations, cattle mutilations. There was just another story a week ago. Six cattle that died in Texas had their tongues removed. There was no blood spilled. The hide around the mouth was cut uh, on one side, two of the animals had their genital, genitals and anuses removed with a circular cut, according to the sheriff's office, uh, surgical precision. That's how the cut was made. The grass around the bodies of all of the animals was undisturbed. This happened in 2019 in Oregon. It also happened in 2021 in Oregon. Six cow carcasses. In 2019, it was five. They found six in 2021. Sometimes... It's, this is in North Dakota back in 2021. Sometimes it's cows that die in an unnatural way. Uh, it's not a cattle mutilation. July 29th on land leased by the Bar V Ranch, 138 cows grazing in a pasture, one moment, and then 58 of them dead, another moment, 15 suffering from spontaneous abortions. I don't know if you remember that. 58 Cattle, North Dakota. We did a show on it called Rogue Lab, Rogue Lab 19. That was back in September of 2021. 
And I talked about on the show how these 58 cattle died in North Dakota, 15 suffered from spontaneous abortions, and how there was an eerie similarity here between studies that were conducted on uh, mRNA-19 or COVID-19 therapeutics or vaccines. A New England Journal of Medicine study showed that nearly every woman receiving their dose of the COVID-19 vaccine in the first or second trimesters suffered a, quote, spontaneous abortion, about 82%. 82%. Now, if you go back to 1982, there's a document from the World Health Organization, the World Bank, and there's some other groups involved, called Fertility, you can look this up yourself, Fertility Regulating Vaccines. Type in Fertility Regulating Vaccines, 1982, World Health Organization, World Bank, something like that. And then here's a little research tip. Type in PDF, and it'll pull the actual PDF file. And that document, as it implies, details technology dating to the 70s and how that technology has been used to create FRVs, fertility regulating vaccines, where you can give someone the vaccines and then it, it prevents uh, birth. Uh, for, for example, it could be you know the, the prevention of the formation of a fetus or it could be the prevention of the formation of a placenta. And this is a really important thing here because, for example, the Pfizer vaccine, and I've documented all of this in my book, The Technological Elixir. I, I, people, I, I don't understand why people still think this is crazy. It's in the, the documents from Pfizer. <laughs> my partner came home, actually, I'm going to get off on a, on, a, on a rant here, but my partner came home yesterday and she was telling me some, somebody at work was talking to her and, and was like, the only reason that people have blood clots now is because of, of COVID-19. And my partner was like, Johnson and Johnson in their own words said they pulled the vaccine because it was giving blood clots. It's like, what is wrong with people? The companies are saying this is, this is from the company. This isn't, this isn't from Fox news or Infowars. People think that those are crazy sources of info. It's not from CNN. It's, it's from the damn company and from their, their own records. It shows that, and there were warnings about this as well from other doctors and scientists, former Pfizer executives, that the vaccine might prevent the formation of a placenta, which if you ain't got a placenta, you ain't got a fetus. But then they lied to the public and said, there's no danger to the fetus. Not directly, but if you ain't got a placenta, you ain't got a fetus. And this is the kind of, 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 of scientific slander that industries use and scientific manipulation, data manipulation, fraud. Now, pharmaceutical companies, corporations, governments, the military, there's a long history of all of these and others, pharmaceutical companies, corporations, governments, etc., experimenting on the public. From hospitals to insane asylums, from the military to the slums. Uh, the military and uh, these pharmaceutical companies, biotechnology companies, they've done experiments on the public. I mean, the, the famous, I think Clyde actually mentioned it last night on his show, uh, the famous uh, light bulb in 1966 in New York City in the subway with that, uh, what was it? It was like a, bac- it was a, bac- a bacterium, I forget exactly the name of it, bacterium bacillus astrophaeus or something. And that, I mean, that was in the 60s they were doing that. Uh, then you had the, uh, the Dugway Proving Grounds. I know Clyde mentioned that. I didn't listen to the full show last night because I, I had to go to bed early. I was so exhausted 
um, trying to get, uh, get get more sleep recently. But Dugway Proving Grounds, uh, the military did experiments there, and it killed thousands of animals, like 6,000 sheep that died. Uh, the military sprayed uh, heavy metals over the slums in St. Louis, uh, the Tuskegee experiments. I mean, just the list goes on and on. So we know pharmaceutical companies, corporations, governments, the military do tests on the public in insane asylums. The military themselves, they test their own their own people uh, in slums. I mean, they even did open air tests in, in Florida for mosquitoes. They just sprayed toxic chemicals in New York. They did that in New York. Uh, I got a, an alert on the radio one day. I was driving to the store and it said, please stay indoors. So we're conducting an anti-mosquito uh, spraying thing, whatever they were spraying. Very toxic, very poisonous. Nobody cared. That was before COVID-19. The, literally, the government, got, they had this announcement in, in the state of New York, where I, I was in Bloomfield, New York, and they had this alert come on the radio. It wasn't like um, an end of the world alert. It was just like, please stay indoors. We're conducting, you know, these spray, these spraying um, uh uh, thing to kill mosquitoes it's like okay so literally people were more upset about something like an invisible particle that didn't get them sick than they were about the government literally just dumping toxic chemicals on their head it's just so ridiculous and so backwards but my, my point is we know that pharmaceutical companies we know that biotechnology companies we know that corporations in general we know that governments we know that the military they do human experiments we also know they do animal experiments whether it's contagious vaccines in rabbits and if you don't believe that, just National Geographic reported on it. So cry to them. Uh, we know that the, the experiments on humans and animals is a real thing. And we also know that it's hard to get, It's even with rubber stamps, it's harder to get approval to do things above board. So it is not that much of a stretch to think that companies wouldn't do these kinds of things quietly. Because we already know the military was doing this back in the 60s. They were doing experiments on humans in New York City. They were doing experiments, well, chemical. I, I assume they intended to kill the sheep or see what the the uh, the the the, uh, the bacterium did to the sheep that that were near Dugway. So animal and human, two great examples from what fifty years ago, sixty years ago. I mean, like half a century ago plus. So it's not uncommon, and it's certainly not. Uh, just a theory that this kind of a thing happens because it, it does happen. And I think the focus on cattle mutilations has always been about Satanists or aliens. I mean, obviously, sometimes cattle die of disease, and that's that's different. If you get cattle dies of disease, if it's unnatural or whatever the case is, in, in, like up, up in North Dakota, it's, it's, a, it's a good headline, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything nefarious happened. When cattle have their tongue, their anus, their genitals, uh, their lips removed, and there's no blood on the ground, nothing's trampled. I mean, they found these animals in snow before. They were dropped right into the fresh snow. There's no footprints. There's tree branches broken. They were, they were certainly dropped from above. There are cases of that. There's something else going on here, and I don't think it's aliens. I think, call it mill labs, military labs. I think it's pharmaceutical companies. I think it's the military. I think it's private companies. And I think they want you to focus on the aliens. They want you to focus on the Satanists to distract from the fact that it's humans doing this and they're doing it so they don't have to get approval to do their little genetic tests or their little chemical tests or their little medical tests, whatever it is that they're doing. I think that's largely what it is. And we can also find uh, even more proof of that 
This is something I brought up on a on a show. It might have been on the show we did uh, called Murian of Beasts back in March of 2022 because we talked about military labs and we talked about pharmaceutical companies then. Uh, actually, we might have done a show even more, let's see, even more recently. I think we did a show more recently on this. So back in uh, back in June of last year, do you remember the 2,000 cows that died in Kansas June 16th, 2022. 2,000 cows, a lot less than the 18,000 in Texas. 2,000 cows, 2,000 cattle died in Texas. Now, this is ABC News reporting this. Okay, NBC News reported the same. Actually, I'll read you both of the headlines, um, and then I'll read you a Reuters headline. ABC News says this. At least 2,000 cows dead in Kansas amid continuing heat wave. NBC News. At least 2,000 cattle dead in Kansas heat. Reuters. Heat, humidity, kill at least 2,000 cattle in Kansas. Now, there's a difference between those headlines. NBC and ABC imply that because the cows died when it was hot, they died of the heat. Reuters just outright said heat and humidity killed 2,000 cattle. There's a big difference. One is an implication. One is a factual statement. Now, let's read what ABC News said. This is the article that I had, I had had printed out and I pulled for this show. Thousands of cattle in Kansas have died as a national heat wave scorches the U.S., leaving one of the country's leading cattle farming states with a loss amid rising production costs. 2,000 cows dead. Now, why did these cows die? Well, according to ABC News, the cattle deaths happened throughout the weekend. This was June 16th. This was reported as extreme heat and humidity persisted through, well, the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Now, when I did this show, I did a show where I did talk about this. And I said, all these cattle, the 2,000 of these animals died. Okay. That's a lot of animals. But other animals in the surrounding area, they didn't find a mass, mass deaths of other animals. If it was that hot, then a lot more should have should have perished. A lot more should have died. But my my line of thinking here is that, you know, if you took like for example, if you if you took took me like, where, I don't know where some some of our listeners live in Canada, so it's pretty cold in Canada. So let's take a listener from Canada, okay? Someone from Canada who's always been in the cold, who's always been in the snow and the ice, and you bring them down to my neck of the woods here in Tucson or with the humidity where I grew up in Florida. I mean, they might enjoy it, but their body is not acclimated to that. So if the temperature got really, really like dangerously high, chances are that person from the very, very cold weather their whole life probably will succumb to heat stroke before I will. However, if I go up to one of those cold areas, I succumb to cold at like 60 degrees, folks. So I'm probably going to succumb to the cold weather way before someone from Canada or somewhere, you know, Alaska or some somewhere like that succumbs to the cold. Okay. Now, animals are a little different than humans, but logically, you wouldn't think that 2,000 cows would all just drop dead at the same moment. And they didn't. I mean, they died over a couple of hours. But these cows, you know, in temperatures, they, they said it's a, it's a heat wave, um, that just those cows there died and it didn't seem to affect anything else. And, and they just, they don't know for sure if it was, 
the heat. They just assume it's the heat. Okay, every every news source, USA Today, said Kansas cattle, 2,000 cattle dead in heat wave. Well, here's the thing. You know, I could die. Like, if I died right now, you could say Ryan Gable dies in the midst of increasing temperatures in Tucson. Temperatures are increasing. They're actually at a, I think it's like a 10-year low, but temperatures are increasing because we're approaching the summer. And I died, and I could have died for many reason. I could have died because the cabal killed me. I could have died because my crazy neighbor attacked me for trying to prevent him from parking in front of my garage again because he's a total psychopath. I could have died because I, I, um, you know, I got food poisoning, got really sick, and just vomited my my intestines out, and I, I just died. I could have died from anything, but then to link it to well, a mid rising heat that implies that the heat killed me. Same thing with these cattle. Two thousand cattle dead. During a heat wave. That doesn't mean the heat wave killed them though. This is how dishonest the media is. And you think that the mainstream media is dishonest. My God. Read alternative media. Read uh, alternative press. Independent media. Read all the headlines. YouTube videos. Podcasts. I, I, I try to do something clever for my show names. I, I can't stand all the sensational. Uh, exaggerated. Uh, hyperbolic. Non, just, I can't stand it. it it's just noise. It's just to get your attention. It doesn't necessarily have, there's not substance to it. It's what the mainstream media does. We know that, but it's also what the alternative media does. Now, let me point something out to you. Those cattle that died in Kansas, this was in 2022. I want you to to ask yourself a question here. I want you to ask yourself, could there be, maybe, could there be some sort of uh, motive beyond climate change that would uh, encourage the media to report that these cows died of the heat? Could there be any other motive? Well, when the cows die because of heat, there has to be a solution to the problem, right? We have to find ways to, if we can't directly change the climate, we have to make sure cows are able to sustain this increase in temperature. Okay, that that would be one of the ways we could we could prevent this in the future. Kind of like a problem reaction solution, because just literally just like, let's see, April or March, April, May, June, less than four months before these cows died. The FDA published a news release, a very curious and peculiar news release. And this is what the news release said. I want to read it directly for you, directly from their, their website. IGAs, which are alterations made using molecular technologies that introduce changes to the genome of an animal. The IGA in certain cattle, they can genetically modify the cattle. Uh, These IGAs are called PRLR slick cattle or slick cattle IGAs. Uh, They can introduce these IGAs using a genome editing technique called CRISPR. Get this. The IGA can be passed on to offspring, allowing the trait to be shared through conventional breeding. These are um, conventionally bred cattle with naturally occurring mutations that, get ready, (laughs) that result in the same extremely short, slick hair coat. And according to reports in scientific literature, they indicate that cattle with this extremely short, slick hair coat are potentially able to, I'm going to leave you hanging on the edge there for a second. They're taking genetically modified cattle, and they're giving them traits with CRISPR 
that they can pass on to their offspring naturally. Okay, this produces short, slick hair coats that would make them more suitable and, quote, better to, quote, withstand hot weather. So let me get this straight. The FDA approves and releases in March of last year a statement about genetically modified cattle that could withstand increasing heat waves, increasing temperatures. And a few weeks, a few months later, 2,000 cows die. No direct evidence it's because of a heat wave. The media just implies it's because of a heat wave. And guess who's there to save the day? The CRISPR scientists. We have, we have technology that can prevent those cows from dying next time. Well, good thing we made it. Good thing we announced it just a few weeks before the real world thing happened to justify our technology, to justify rapidly approving it. You see how that works. And speaking about approvals, kind of a separate story for tonight, but I don't know if you read this. The FDA actually just uh, announced this on April 18th. Coronavirus COVID-19 update. FDA authorizes changes to simplify use of bivalent mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Mm. And what they tell you in the press release is that the vaccines that have been, you know, all over the place, all over, you know, your pharmacies and your your grocery stores where you got a pharmacy, just everywhere you go, you can get a vaccine, 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 vaccines. The, the monovalent Moderna, and this is a quote, the monovalent Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccines are no longer authorized for use in the United States. That's according to the FDA on April 18th, which means, okay, that we were right the whole time. When I, when I told you, and it's not because I'm smart, it's just because I read their own, I mean, I knew what the law was, and I, I read their own press releases because they, they tell you what they're doing, just like when they say, we don't do uh, gain-of-function research, it's all computer models. Yeah, it's all a computer model. It doesn't exist. It's, they're using computers. It's a computer. It's a computer virus, folks. But the, but the FDA says, Moderna and Pfizer's monovalence are no longer approved. Well, hold on a second. I thought they were approved. I thought that at the very least they were approved under emergency use authorization and then they were approved as official, you know, approved FDA vaccines. So the FDA approved them and then they disapproved them? Is that is that what happened? Is that what I'm reading? Or are they disapproving the EUAs, which were never approved, their emergency use authorization that you can't legally be forced to take? It's an experiment. They can't force you to take it under any circumstance. It's a violation of so many things, federal law, state law, Nuremberg Code, etc. But now they want you to take the bivalent vaccine. So they're going to disapprove the monovalent so that you get the bivalent. It's just it's an update, just like the Stefan Bonsel of Moderna said. Stefan Bonsel said, it's going to be like iPhone. You get the updates for the phone and the applications, and then we, we update your body. Because it, 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 you're, you're a machine. It's an update. Like you update your operating system. That's what it's all about. So like we told you, and the FDA is now clarifying this, all the stuff that people told you at your work, your friends, your ignorant family that watches CNN and Fox News for that matter, you know, your mom, your dad, your grandpa, your grandpa, your wife, your husband, all the ignorant people that said, they're approved. They're approved. No, they're approved. You have to get it. You're going to lose your job. I'm not going to date you anymore unless you get it. I'm going to divorce you. I'm not going to see you. I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. You can't see my kids unless you get it. 
Turns out they were all wrong. It was never approved. They just disapproved the EUA and then approved the bivalent as an EUA. And none of it is actually approved because the experiments, the testing is done in the real world, folks. The FDA just admitted that all the people that were forced to get that vaccine at their job to retain employment were lied to and that business violated the law and forced and coerced them to get something that was never approved. The media is complicit. Your manager was complicit. The corporation was complicit. The lawyers that those companies have on retainer were complicit. Everybody was complicit because none of us, none of us have the time to, to read these things. None of us have the time to, to pay attention. But that is the same thing as 2,000 cows died in Kansas it's a heat wave that killed them. Good thing the FDA was there with big biotech companies and geoengineering, or bioengineering, all the geoengineering as well, but bioengineering companies were there with IGAs to make short, slick hair coat cattle that were, quote, potentially able to better withstand hot weather. By the way, if you want to read that, FDA makes low-risk determination for marketing of products from genome-edited beef cattle after safety review. Good thing they were there to save the cattle. Good thing those cattle died to let you know that they have this technology to prevent this type of death from happening again. 18,000 cows died in Texas recently. Fire. It's normal. There are fires, but it's also abnormal. We have to separate what is abnormal from what is coincidental, from what is direct sabotage, which we've seen in society, culture, Education, energy, cyber attacks, physical attacks on energy and on, uh, you know, uh, other things as well. Uh, Power plants, uh, egg producers, meat producers, food producers in general, snack producers. All these things have been uh, seemingly targeted infrastructure uh, as well. Uh, Even alternative energy, you know, plants, uh, everything, just like everything you can think of. But fires are normal things and some things are abnormal. And, you know, when you look at the, the, the firing of uh, left-wing talking heads uh, on CNN or now Tucker Carlson on Fox, or you look at well, the Dominion lawsuit similar to the Alex Jones InfoWars lawsuit, it's all about creating an environment where it's unsafe to say what you think. It's unsafe to express your views. It's unsafe to have free speech. It's unsafe to have free press. So whether it's cattle mutilations or it's pharmaceutical companies, that are exploiting, you know, aliens and Satan, satanic cults to convince you that that's what's happening when it's really just government, black operations, military labs, testing on humans, testing on animals, etc. Uh, or it's like the worst bird flu outbreak in U.S. history is happening right now, says a scientist, wiping out everything in numbers we've never seen before. That's a headline from Business Insider. A big, big avian. Big avian flu. That's why egg prices are going up. The bird, we have to kill these birds. Millions of birds are slaughtered. Just during the pandemic, we poured out milk. We smashed eggs. We plowed over vegetables. There is sabotage happening. There is sabotage. There's also ritual sabotage. Just like that festival in Nepal. Just like that festival where all the, the animals, the goats and the cattle, etc. are killed. Just like that festival which is the name of our show tonight, Got Him I. What we do and what is the sabotage, uh, the destruction of infrastructure, energy, food, cyber attacks, all this stuff, everything that you see, the world just seems to be crumbling down. That's all ritualistic too. And it is happening, but 
It's the goal. It is the job of the mainstream and alternative media to convince you that what is happening is actually worse than what it really is. Convincing you that the whole system is crumbling, that there's no point in in, in talking and debating and, and doing anything. Just give up. Let's reset the whole thing. I think it's about perception more than it is anything else. It's about perception, controlling the narrative, controlling perception. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe at Aftermath.media. Please grab a copy of one of my books. Please listen and download the show for free on radio or podcast players of your choice or on our website, thesecretteachings.info. When you listen for free, we get paid for that as well. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Email me, rdgable at yahoo.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. 